This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Dr. Randall Gates, board-certified chiropractic neurologist, also a chiropractor. This, uh, this has uh, the, the ring of so many other things that we've been doing over the years so many times. We've, when we first started out with fibromyalgia, and we didn't know anything other than we thought that we knew what was causing the pain of fibromyalgia, and we'd treat that. And, and then half of those people were diagnosed with Lyme disease, and they were improving, mm-hmm. and others had maybe different aspects of POTS, and they were not completely getting better, but maybe improving. And we would look at each other on our Saturday morning, now Monday night meetings, and say, it must be autoimmune. <laughs> it must be autoimmune. And uh, so we've had a similar experience with POTS, and, uh, and, and certainly uh, and, and Dr. Gates has been uh, approaching it multifactorially. There's a couple of things involved that need to be addressed when you have POTS disease if you want to gain some improvement and get some control over the situation. But in the end, you have uh, indicated through your research and response to care that uh, you've been treating it as an autoimmune problem for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, three or four or five years, I think. That, that at least I, four. Yeah. At least four. I'm thinking the one specific mm-hmm. case back to back then. So at least four. So, so share with us the data, the new data on um, further data on the fact that it's probably an autoimmune attack against the, the well, certain aspects of your adrenal gland. Yeah, exactly. So the original studies came out of the Mayo Clinic where they found that the immune system was attacking the adrenal receptor um, basically, there were these adrenal receptor antibodies. Sometimes there were immune cells to your autonomic nervous system, basically. And so... Um, That's your, the system that creates your fight-flight response. Mm-hmm. And your rest and digest. So if you go to stand up, you need a fight-flight response to get blood up to your brain. Because otherwise, all the blood will pull down your feet, which is what's happening with most of you POTS patients most of the day. And so they did these studies and they found that these immune cells were blocking the action of adrenaline, which is part of that fight-flight response. And because of that, then your body would make more adrenaline all day long, especially when you were up and moving around, which would cause your heart rate to go really fast, cause you to have brain fog, cause you to be fatigued, all these different symptoms. Now the new research just came out of basically Oklahoma, where they found immune cells to angiotensin II receptors. Now angiotensin, we talked about stress in the angiotensin system um, maybe three, four weeks ago. ago. Yeah, And basically, 
In blood pressure physiology, the simple model is if you cut off your leg and you're spurting out blood, your body goes into these defense mechanisms to try and save your life. One way it does that is by increasing sodium into the circulation, also by changing blood pressure through something called renin to help keep you from bleeding out. Well, in the world of blood pressure, because we have such an issue with that in our society, the pharmaceutical companies have created drugs that in essence will affect these uh, blood pressure mechanisms through what I mentioned, renin, angiotensin, angiotensin converting enzyme, all these different mechanisms are involved. And so these researchers found that with POTS patients that this angiotensin chemical is blocked by the immune system in essence. And this is another, another big finding for all of you patients with POTS who are searching for answers. We're doing this because it's just giving you more and more evidence that it is autoimmune. So it's a double whammy? It's a double whammy. In the sense that you're not, you're, the receptor sites aren't sinking so that your adrenaline can't work and then, then you're not getting the blood pressure mechanism to work right because that's being blocked too. Yeah, because angiotensin is And then your head blocked. goes, you go from here to there and the blood can't follow up to your head and then you get that instantaneous lightheadedness or you pass out. So that begs the question, does, is someone more receptive to this? And I understand it's an autoimmune problem and I understand that we have receptor sites that are getting attacked, which are something that is now embedded in your DNA, okay? So in other words, once this happens, the goal is not to cure it. Because at this point in time, no one knows anything about curing something that is, that is embedded in your DNA. So, um, uh, so you learn to control it, you, you learn aspects of how to control your autoimmune response and your stress response. Mm -hmm. So this is, I beg the question that if people are in a chronic fight-flight response already, does that, even though one a big part of it, and if I'm, I, I'm assuming that there's a genetic component to it, kind of like when the, when mm -hmm. like, like I'm, I'm comparing it to when you get an immune attack against yourself, then some, my understanding is some uh, polymorphisms are created in which you now turn on some genes and then now mm -hmm. it's said, I, it's okay to attack me, mm -hmm. which it's mm -hmm. not okay to attack you. And that's mm -hmm. why autoimmune problems are so bad. And then, so you have that component, and you have the chronic, and you have the stress component um, that may not be there. Mm -hmm. But if it's there, does that make a patient more susceptible to developing something like this, or does it make it harder to be for you to be able to help them for us to put? Mm, if the stress component, they're, there, if they're in fight it, flight, if yeah, they're, they're like in fight, they're chronic fight flight syndrome. Um, from you know, like a a brain perspective, then yeah, it makes it harder to correct them. Because they already, with POTS, you already have too much adrenaline. So then if you add anxiety on top of it or chronic fight flight, then yeah, it is harder in my experience to help those patients. And that's why I'm asking them, because yeah. of the patients that have come in here who, right. like we've had some that were normally stressed, mm -hmm. maybe in a low post-traumatic stress. And then we have the one in particular I was actually thinking of years and years ago was super, super PTSD. Mm -hmm. Had some really, really life trauma Mm -hmm. Some real difficulties, and that one seemed to be maybe the diff most difficult yeah, case most that, difficult that I think you managed that on that. With, yeah. yeah, so yeah, so again, I, I I go back to that. There's been a number of articles I've been reading lately that are now confirming so many of the things that that we've been talking about forever. 
a couple of weeks ago, there was one in the Wall Street Journal on how childhood trauma actually can perpetuate problems in the future. There's just a lot of things that we're seeing, and so just to bring that out, that awareness out um, also. But it's, a, it's an autoimmune problem. It is, and it can also involve small fiber peripheral neuropathy as well, which we see overlap with fibromyalgia, and that's where your pain nerves start to die and degenerate, but the same nerves that send signals regarding pain also send signals regarding blood pressure and blood vessel tone, and so that's why it's really important for POTS patients. So it is multifactorial. It's not all autoimmune, but a significant percentage is either autoimmune or neuropathy or both. Yeah. So. Yeah, so you'd be addressing all that. You'd mm -hmm. be addressing the stress response. You'd be addressing immune inflammation, you know, in, event, in addition to the, what is it, eat salt and, right. and put, put the blood mm -hmm. pressure mm -hmm. socks on and, and mm -hmm. get your blood pressure up. And um, I, it's probably quite a bit beyond mm -hmm. that to get a more optimal response mm -hmm. uh, that you can uh, not just experience but maintain uh, in, into the future. And then they're also seeing histamine responses being too high in POTS patients, so we see that as well. Makes sense. So, yeah, there's a lot of overlap there. But, yeah, if you're a patient who has chronic fatigue, if you're not feeling well, looking into POTS is something that's very important. The way it's standardly diagnosed is you take your heart rate while you're laying flat with your head not elevated first thing in the morning when you wake up and then you take it 10 minutes later after you've been up and moving around and you look for a 30 point increase in your heart rate. That's one way to evaluate for POTS and you do that over a week's time. The tilt table test is the other way to, to make sure mm -hmm. that you have it or you don't have it. So that's the data on it. Anything else you want to add? No, no I think uh -huh. that's good. Uh -huh. All right, well, we'll be back next week with another exciting broadcast. So this is important. You want to know how to get better. Now there's going to be some nuggets in here that are going to help some of you. There's going to be some of you are like, you know, throwing spitballs <laughs> at your at your screen, going, "Wow, this guy's like an idiot." But I'm telling you, these are the basics of how to get better. And if you bypass these, plus the ones we're going to be talking about over the next week or two, you are going to have a hard time getting better at all. And if you get better, you're going to have, you're going to be the person who has to keep doing it over and over and over again because there are things that are Sabbath. So wrap up this week's presentation, and and um, I'm here to educate you. We're here to try to answer the questions that we've had over the last you know six or seven years or eight years or whatever it's been, and um, and so please do that. So until next week, uh, I hope you. Uh, if you're if you're enjoying this, then then you know please don't miss next week. Next week is kind of a big, big deal in most people's uh, uh, journey to wellness. So, okay, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching again, and uh, take care. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.